0: Hello, and welcome to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from the 18th Tee Box of the Highland Course at the McLemore Club, and this is Season 4, Episode 5. One of my joys of the past few years has been exploring and getting to know Chattanooga. It's one of the corners of the Mid South that I previously knew the least about, other than that I should see Rock City, which I did as a kid. See, prior to the emergence of Sweetens Cove and the reincarnation of the course at Suwannee a little further up the road, there weren't many reasons to visit the Tennessee midstate for golf, at least not for publicly accessible golf. However, once my friends and I began our odyssey of a journey to play Sweetens Cove, started in February 2021, I started to take more critical notice of the varied golf experiences available around Chattanooga. This spring, as I headed south to Chattanooga once again, on a new edition of the same crusade, I was charmed by what I found. See, the places and people that I found there will be a recurring theme on this season's podcast. And today I'm going to tell you what led me high atop Lookout Mountain on the Georgia side to a golf community called the Mclemore. And to do it, I'm going to share with you my conversation with Dwayne Horton, president of the Mclemore Club and of Scenic Land Company, the entity developing the properties mentioned today, and Charlie Reimer, PGA, executive vice president of the Mclemore Club. And yes, before you ask, it's that Charlie Reimer. Before I get into the McLemore story, remember that the Blind Shots podcast is sponsored exclusively by me, David Hill, Realtor. No shareholders, no corporate overlords, and no sponsors, though I am warming up to the idea. In addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky Realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I work with buyers and sellers to make the dream of home ownership possible, and also work with investors and entrepreneurs on their commercial property needs. If you want to know what's happening in the real estate market in Central Kentucky, give me a call or shoot me an email You can find my contact, as always, at davidhill.rhr.com. Now, I ended up at the McLemore on a bit of a whim, and it almost didn't happen at all. For a couple of seasons now, the McLemore's targeted marketing had been stalking my online and social media activity. Look, I swear, they must have the highest-end algorithm that's available on the market, because once the machine found me, and it saw what I was interested in, it never let me go. But to be fair, the idea of golf above the clouds was just too romantic to resist forever so on this year's attempt to play sweetens cove i wanted to pair that round with some day before golf you know to knock off the winter's rust so my friend mark and i were headed up to the Mclemore to race against the sundown before hitting the chattanooga nightlife to set up our arrival over in south pittsburgh the next day except that for the second year in a row a polar vortex was coming to the area on the exact day of our round at sweetens cove really two years in a row so, with our marquee round dead and Mark being reasonably intelligent, he bowed out. And I'd made the mistake of prepaying for our hotel rooms because I'm cheap and wanted to save $10 a night by prepaying. So, on that Friday of our Macklemore round, however, it was supposed to be a beautiful Chamber of Commerce type weather day. So, I headed south as a solo to see what was up on top of the mountain. And what I found there turned out to be pretty special from the small collection of cabins near a really nice practice facility to the beautiful new clubhouse and restaurant and the warm welcoming staff and the utterly entertaining and challenging golf course i was under macklemore's spell as i journeyed back up to the clubhouse from the 18th green one that has just an amazing vista i knew several things about macklemore that i hadn't known when i woke up that morning one that i would be back that that wasn't the last time i'd play the course two I was intrigued by all the construction going on and all the talk of a new course over on the next ridge over. Three, that it might be the perfect place for one of our future buddies' trips, given the size of our group and the nature and location of the available cabins and rental properties. And four, that I wanted to know more about it, all of it. These McLemore guys were making the pivot from using the golf course to sell home sites to instead becoming a golf destination in their own spin on the model that the guys behind Bandon Dunes and Forest Dunes and Cabot Links had all succeeded with over the past two decades. So that brings me to today's conversation with Dwayne and Charlie to talk about the McNamore story and what their plans might bring to the Mid-South golf scene. Don't adjust your headsets. There are a few moments where Dwayne's audio will make you think you're in an altered state from a combination of sleep deprivation and spoiled blue cheese, but hang in there. He brings it back into the fold and you don't want to miss what he says. They've got an interesting vision, and they're moving full speed ahead to make it a reality. So without further ado, here's the McLemore story with Dwayne Horton and Charlie Reimer. You know, I heard a great anecdote years ago. It was either Tom Doak or Ron Witten talking about Aaron Hills and said, you, you never wanted to be the first guy that owned the golf course. So that guy is <laughs> always undercapitalized and never has a chance. So what did you find when you got involved? What was Mclemore when you got involved with it? And, and what did you find up there? Because when I was there, I noticed there's an awful lot of new stuff up there. It looked like it was not, not of an older vintage.
1: Yeah, the, the, you know, in, the, in that case, um, we were the third, if not fourth owner of, uh, of the property, depending on how you look at it. And when we uh, came on board, um, you know, there was a there was a lot of silver linings uh, to it. While uh, it was um, in a distressed shape at that time, the community and everybody around it and everybody that was involved was really ready to jump in together. I mean, there were really no other options other than everybody looked at each other and said, let's work together and make this happen. And, you know, as great as the story is about the condition and the, and the shape and the beauty of the place, you know, there, there's another compelling story about uh, the people there and, and what they've done in the community that now exists. Um, you know, we're in such a divided world, it seems like sometimes. And it's it's just amazing to see what you can do when people come together and work together uh, from a community level, from partners, from uh, governmental agencies uh, and everybody that sees a vision and uh, sees an opportunity uh, to work together. Um, so it it was really that part of it that's really launched Macklemore to where it is now.
0: Okay, um, you know the you've got quite a bit of infrastructure up there, and, and Charlie, uh, your expertise I'll, I'll bring in on this part. You know that that Highland course is unlike most courses not just in that area, but that you're going to find much of anywhere. I mean, I've played a fair bit of mountain golf. Um, and and there's it seems like, I'll give you my take, is that the Highland course there, I guess that's the name of the original golf course.
2: Mm-hmm. Highlands.
0: Highlands yeah. course. You know, and it's got, you've got some good sight lines, you've got some great vistas, you've got some good isolation holes. It seems to just embrace being mountain golf, rock outcroppings and whatnot. Um, what, for someone that's just coming to visit, what should they be prepared to see when they, when they're headed to the first tee up at the Macklemore?
2: Well, sure. Uh, David, first you, you were mentioning a compelling story about Macklemore overall, but, I, uh, to, to get to your question, here, here's an, another compelling story. Let, let's talk about a, 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 young man who grew up in the, in the Valley, uh, or as we call it, cove. In uh, this part of the world we got we got brows and coves uh, but I grew up in Macklemore Cove looking up at the top of that mountain every day went off to school at Georgia Tech came back started a successful business and ultimately ended up being a developer of the top of the mountain that he looked at every day growing up and, and Dwayne Horton and and uh, also somebody who, who didn't even play golf and now uh, has educated himself in, in, in the world of golf quicker than anybody I've ever seen. Golf's hard to pick up late in life. And not only, um, I'm not talking about just learning how to play golf, which he's got a little more work to do in that, but learning the business of golf, <laughs> which he's actually not only learned, but innovating in a lot of ways. And, and other places, as you look around, are actually copying a lot of the ideas that Dwayne has. So he, he really is, in the world of golf development, a true visionary. And it, it's an honor to work to work with him every day. Um, and and also watch him improve uh, at golf every day. And, you know, he's got to re hit his nine iron about 205 yards, which is the strength of his game. <laughs> <you think>. uh, <laughs> he got a simulator in his basement. He'll send me the, the output, you know? And I'm like, Great, right. oh, no. you're not there at 205. What are you gonna do when you're 135 from home? You got no <laughs> chance there. But um, anyway, it, it really is inspiring to see what he's done in, in in golf and learned so quickly that our business and every aspect of our business, quite honestly. But um, yeah, the, the uh, and I appreciate your comments on the golf course. It it really feels like um, a trip that you take through, through a beautiful national or or a state park. And and I and I think it's it's disarming to a lot of people because um especially folks you know that, that have driven by that mountain literally thousands of times in their life and had no idea how much beauty there is up there. But the first time you get to Macklemore, you see that we're on the edge with a lot of our operation. Uh they see the views that are there, the peace and the calmness that's there, and then you go play golf and and, and you go through beautiful valleys, you're on you're on, uh, on, the, on the edge of the clipped in, in, in quite a few situations, and then you're going through highlands areas that are absolutely spectacular as well. So the, the character of the golf course, the conditioning, the, the strategy that's there, um, and it, it's been fun to see the attention that our 18th hole is garnered, you know, being ranked as one of the top 10 best finishing holes in the world but really we've got another 17 holes that are awesome too. So it, it, I think it really surprises people the first time they get there and they're just overwhelmed because you feel like you've flown halfway around the world to get there. But in most cases, you've driven two hours or less to get to Macklemore.
0: You're absolutely right. You know, that, that, and you do a nice breakdown on the website between the Highland holes, the, the Canyon holes and the the clifftop holes. But you mentioned that it it's, you know, you've driven away. How is your community broken down just broadly you know you're half an hour from chattanooga but you're less than a couple of hours you're five hours from me so i'm probably right on the cusp or maybe right outside your target demographic but you know knoxville atlanta even birmingham really not that far away do you is the community that exists now is it drawn from all of those are you mainly a local kind of community at, at this point and and growing you know i'm going to talk about a little bit later kind of what you guys have in the works but as far as your, your membership and your um, I guess the people you find there, but how does that break down at McLemore in 2022?
2: Well, it's interesting and I appreciate you mentioning all that, but the demographics uh, for, for a golf destination resort business, quite honestly are spectacular. Um, you, you mentioned at it, it, Atlanta, Birmingham, Nashville, Knoxville, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, which is a great community. We're uh, two and a half or two hours or less really from about 14 and a half million people. And, and uh, we feel like we're situated in, in just, just a perfect spot. There's really nothing like it uh, in in the world of destination golf. Um, And, and people, I think, uh, as you look at what's going on in golf, they're wanting to travel. They're wanting to go to great spots, um, but um, if you go to Bandon Dunes, for example, which I love, um, you know, you've got to go to Bandon Dunes essentially for a week to really enjoy all of it. You know, and especially if you're coming from the East Coast and you look at the travel getting there and getting back, and 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 um, you know, and it's spectacular travel, but still, it's a week. Um, not not a whole lot of folks these days have a week. We feel like we can deliver that exotic golf experience but yet you can get there for a couple of days a couple of nights even just one night you know you can come in and play and uh, stay have a great dinner at, at, at our restaurant and, and play the next day and get home the following night you know and, that, and that's something that's pretty unusual in the world of golf something that we're, we're very proud of and excited about
0: well and and that's kind of how i want you guys to speak to this um i'm a a friend of Lamore. so i uh, whatever you guys are paying big brother for your targeted marketing, it's working because it's (laughs) the, it, the Macklemore popped up on my social media feeds for probably a a year or two. And I was always curious and I go by there and I this year finally pulled the trigger and I'm really glad I did. So I want to give you a chance to maybe talk about that. But I I noticed when I was up there this spring that you've developed some infrastructure, you know, you're obviously making a, a move towards that stay and play. There are some cabins right there, was where I ended up parking because I was there on a, a very full day. But hey, explain a little bit about how you, maybe the club has gone from kind of a residential build, it looked like community, to you had the the Friends of Macklemore program, and now you've got this this outside as you're talking about being a destination for golf, and you've got the hotel in the works that was being poured when I was there. So yep. if you want to talk to kind of those things and how that journey has evolved with with what Macklemore is.
1: Yeah, so, David, Macklemore um, has definitely evolved from just a residential community um, to really a, a true destination. Uh, Links Magazine just named us top 10 single-course destination uh, in the country now. And uh, that's just in, within three years of us taking over and really being open here. Um, you know, there's three ways to play McLemore. You can play it as a member which we have protected member block tea times at their preferred uh, hours and days. Uh, and then we have what's our stay and play guests that you refer to. We manage already about 20 properties that are privately owned that are back into a, a rental program and uh, outside guests can come rent those uh, for a, a couple of nights or, or more, and really not just experience the golf that we have, but you know, we're within just a few minutes of two uh, state parks. Uh, multiple you know two national parks as well private land trust hiking there's um, you know there's some overlap in these numbers I'm about to share but there's nearly seven million visitors a year if you add up the visitors to each one of these state parks national parks and other tourist destinations on and around Lookout Mountain and for us to be now in the middle of that we can offer up kind of a base camp uh, offering and people are coming in and playing golf but they're also going and hiking or mountain biking uh, or just sightseeing, or, or learning more about the history of the area, um, and then the third way um, is really our friends of Macklemore invitation, um, and this is something that's really modeled. Uh, you know, we we're, we're people. We believe we're people. People. We love uh, seeing smiles. We love having members that want to share uh, the unique setting that we're in and the special offerings that we have. Um, I've been to some other destinations. I won't say them by name in the country. And when you're there, you're, you're playing great golf, you're in this great setting, but you don't really get a feel for the community that's there. Versus if you're over in Scotland, you may visit a pub or something else and you feel like you're part of that community. That's what we're trying to achieve and we are achieving is when you finish around, you may sit at the bar or, or somewhere else out on the range, and you're going to talk to a member of the community, uh, or somebody that's there that's that's you know wants to be a part of something that they can open up and share with others. And the friends of Macklemore invitation allows people uh, to really come and see it. Uh, if you sign up with us, uh, it really is only uh, uh, once per season that you can play, but they've been such great ambassadors to us and have helped spread the word on social media and in other ways. And I think have been one of the critical reasons for the success that we have. So this is a mutual benefit, you know, benefit uh, to them and to our friends, just like a friendship would be in any relationship. Uh, you know, you have family members uh, and some of them may have keys to your house or come and go and just go into the refrigerator without asking. And, uh, that's kind of what our members are. They have the keys to the place. Uh, but our friends of Mclemore are, are like what your friends would be. Uh, you know, you, you appreciate the relationship. You value the uh, friendship. Uh, but uh, it's something that uh, they can come and go uh, as, uh, as the uh, supply and demand is available.
0: I got you. Um, now, you're you, talking about the course and you guys are, I guess the outpost is the new venture. And that's connected down there. Now, Charlie, you'll appreciate this. I was talking once with back and forth on Twitter with Bradley Klein, who is an architect, uh, a golf architect and writer. And I asked him. He was talking about renovations going for clubs and committees. And I asked him, "Who's the biggest ego in the room when you get in there? Is it the chairman of the club, or the owner, or the architects?" And he just said, "The architect, hands down. Not doesn't matter how successful the business the member was." He said the, the, and you guys somehow got bill bergen and reese jones to work together on the highland course and you've got them slated on this new course. how in the world did you pull that off i mean that's those are two rock stars in the golf design industry
2: well dwayne was uh instrumental in in putting those two guys together and i'll I'll let him address it but but i did just want to comment on on both uh bill and and reese uh i've known both of them for a very long time uh i, I played golf at georgia tag bill played it at, at auburn he grew up in atlanta he's a little bit older than i'm if he was here i'd say he's a lot older than me he's a little bit older but I, I i've known bill since i was in college and and uh, he he worked under bob cup the late bob cup who was absolute genius in our business and just a mar- marvelous human being as well and and so bill Right after finishing his playing career and, and um he, he was a PGA tour player. He's a better player than I was, I can tell you that. Uh he, he just had this passion to get into golf course architecture. And and it's really tough to get into golf course architecture, but he's always been driven to do that. Uh he's positive, he's upbeat. Um he you know, he he's he's a family guy, he's a true gentleman. And and uh, Reese, I've known uh maybe about 15 15- years. Years and and um, gotten to be a really good friend and and no disrespect to Bradley Klein, who I know pretty well too but of, of all of the architects uh, that I know um, that to, to, and, and Bill and Reese you know they, they have an ego but it's a very manageable ego. You, you can't accomplish what they've accomplished in, in, in any kind of business in particular golf if you don't have an ego but they don't let the ego get in the way of relationships or business and and um, as our board and Dwayne, uh, and our staff got to know uh, Bill and Reese through the process of, of redoing our existing course, it, it became more, more really than a business relationship. And, and uh, fr- from a business standpoint, you know, they, they, they deliver absolutely in their own time, their own budget. When we asked them for their time to come in and help us with promotion, they, they move uh, uh, mountains to, to be there. And, they, and they're along with being very, very accomplished, in, in the, their industry, they're, they're just great people, and they're, and they're a wonderful fit for our team. And uh, when we were talking about Outpost, I, I suggested to Dwayne and and um, our board, "Hey, we've got a great golf course from a great team. We, we need to show this piece of property to some other folks." And uh, they said, "No, Bill and Bill and Reese are our guy. That's who we're going with." And and um, you know, they, they, we 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 you know, we're not going to turn our backs on family. People have delivered for us in the past. And, and so that's that's what we've done, and that, and that gives you, I think, an idea of just uh, how highly we think of them—not only professionally but personally.
1: Yeah, I've got to echo everything that Charlie just said there, David. Um, you know, they are they are just great people. Uh, they're very accomplished. Uh, you know, they they are confident, uh, but uh, but not to a fault at all. Uh, they really uh, are open to collaboration, and they realize that it's not one of them owns an idea they they truly uh, own it a hundred percent together and the better that it does the better uh they're gonna see you know there's just been some amazing thoughts and quotes uh that we've heard from each one of them and i think a big decision was we already had a relationship with them and when we saw both of their jaw drops when they saw this new property what's the outpost um you know for them to be as storied as they are you know for for Bill to have played uh, all over the world and, and, and then have the, the spirit, the experience he does as a designer. And then for Reese Jones, you know, uh, under the tutorage of his dad um, uh, from a very early age to see everything in golf uh, in some of the, in, you know, the greatest places in golf for them to, to see them, to react the way they did when they saw this property, uh, you know, we really knew uh, from the past experience that we had the right team and I want to speak real quick to the outpost Um, it's been hitting us um, that the I don't know once we're finished with this outpost I don't know many places if really anywhere else other than maybe one that you can go to and play two such uniquely designed uh, on land and philosophy, uh, the golf course itself, Uh, you know you go to many destinations. And you may be in a sandy environment or or uh you know more of a flat environment or uh you may be in the mountains and it's all just mountains uh we're gonna have this new course is gonna be something that's walkable uh from the member tees it's it's gonna be less than a five mile walk i believe aaron hills is close to eight uh miles walk and it's gonna be just um and, and, and a links inspired open type course and I think one thing that made us feel comfortable with going with Bill and Reese, too, was while conventional wisdom may have said, bring in another architect just to spread uh, the uh, to create more of a draw. I believe their adoption of the design philosophy that we all kind of developed together. Uh, and Charlie's been a huge part of this um, in planning. And I appreciate what Charlie said earlier um, about the education I've had in golf. But uh, the blessings, been I've been able to learn from the best. And, the you know, this place is attracted uh, the best with charlie and bill and with reese and so many others i mean we have one of the best amateurs in the uh region that's also our gm uh, up here at macklemore uh so they're constantly pouring in giving ideas and it's just such a, an amazing collaborative effort where once the best idea comes out everybody owns that idea together and, and uh we're making this place um uh something unique in the game of golf
2: and, David, one of the things that um, has been really amazing to me and also to Reese and Bill and an opportunity that that really neither one of them have had uh, very often in, in their career is the fact that um, most of the time when you design golf, uh, when you get the Topo, uh, it's already gone through the land planners and the corridors are there and you pretty much told as an architect, you know, here's where the house is going, here's all the lots, here's the roads. Um We've left this for you, which is generally bottom land, which turns that generally into a civil engineering product because of our project. Because you golf typically, modern golf is about moving water off the playing surfaces because the, 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 the lots and the houses are on the high ground and the water drains down into it. And that's why when people play modern golf, sometimes they just don't feel real comfortable because it's not an authentic use of the land for the golf course. But what Dwayne did is hand the topo to these two amazing architects and said, build me the best golf course that you can build on this land. And, and I believe people will respond to that because they'll know it's the best use for the property that's there, uh, that, that it's not really a secondary thought to what a housing development is going to be. So there's, there's no homes on this property. Uh, we're, we're, we're an interior golf course with a mile and a half of cliff edge and every inch of that cliff edge is filled with golf hole and and pe- people when they see it are just going to be blown away because it's it's re- there's really nothing like it uh reese calls it a headlands golf course which is a uh pebble beach is a is an example of a headlands golf course it's not a a lynx uh, because it sits on the cliffs above the ocean we sit on cliffs above uh macklemore cove and and actually we have uh, a similar routing to pebble beach in that we Start on one end and go out and come back, um, and and the same kind of um, view of our cove that Pebble Beach has of the Pacific Ocean. So it's it's a it's that that kind of routing uh, that, that people just don't see anymore. And and I just believe abandoned uh, dunes proved that with you know with Mike Kaiser and and what he was able to do at Cabot Lodge and Bandon and his projects moving forward. If you put golf first. And you end up and, and really truly care about it and put something special in the ground, then the golfers feel that and they respond to it. And 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 the, the reaction that we're gonna get when when outpost opens, I think is just gonna be absolutely off the charts because there's nothing like it, certainly on the East Coast.
0: Talk to me a little bit and flesh out how the outpost works in respect to this, because when I was there, you've got a lot of beautiful new infrastructure there. You've got a great clubhouse and that restaurant is dynamite. That reminded me a little bit of forest dunes, uh, just as kind of a gathering point. You've got the short course off the back porch. Now I got polar Vortex out. I was there on a chamber of commerce day, but the next day was when the polar vortex hit Chattanooga. So the guys had that all covered up. I didn't get a good look. So you can tell me about how much fun I missed not being able to, to play the, the crag back there. Um, but that is a really, it seems like that is a really great focal point, a great gathering point for the community. It, are you going to have to kind of duplicate that on the outpost? Is it going to be separate or is everything going to kind of funnel back towards um, the existing build out there at McLemore?
1: So the outpost is just a mile and a half south of, along Scenic Highway, you know, aptly named Scenic Highway, just a beautiful view atop Lookout Mountain. And it's less than a two-minute drive from gate to gate. So I believe with the hotel coming, you know, we have a Hilton Curio collection, 245 rooms. It's now approximately 50% complete. And um, it'll finish construction end of next year, open in 24. We already have weddings being booked and and events um, being planned for it now. Uh, The outpost is planned to open in late spring, early summer of 24 uh, in close conjunction with the hotel. Uh, Based on the extra demand that it's going to bring. So you're going to have all of this infrastructure with uh, with more restaurants, a spa fitness poolside bar um, and other amenities uh, there on the main property, the main campus. So the reason the reason we're calling this the outpost is we want to treat this like a frontier uh, to our property like a, a. a pre-expansion expansion where when you go to this property you see nothing but pure golf so the parking lot's going to be up by the highway really close to when you just pull in you won't be driving through the golf course to arrive to a clubhouse you'll park uh, the range will be up in that area you'll check in if you're going to walk you'll get shuttled by car out to uh, what we call the outpost buildings there'll be an outpost a south outpost and a north outpost and you could literally start from each one either one but you'll start at this south outpost and it's this minimalist touch uh, experience like as high quality as you can be but nothing else is there other than what needs to be there this is not going to be a place that you would take um, you know your spouse or or uh, um or friend uh for a birthday dinner or for an anniversary um or anything else but this will fully support uh, a golfer uh charlie's talking about having just the best pizza out there and we've got a, a a breakfast pizza recipe that we pulled up uh we're talking about having a grill that you can have lamb pops out there at the turn um and it, it's the buildings we don't want to take away from this gorgeous view from the Uh, it's just majestic. It's majestic setting. It's like an amphitheater shaped property. I was able to, you can stand on the first tee in the 18th green and you can physically see a spot on every hole. I don't know where in golf you can really see all eight, a spot on all 18 holes, uh, from probably four or five different locations on this golf course, um, and i uh, got a few more things I really want to add, but the experience is going to be you're going to get dropped off up top, check in, and then you're going to discover uh, this just pristine, rural. Um, it's going to be primitive in the sense that it's going to seem untouched around the fringes. You won't see any houses. You won't see anything else other than the distance view. Uh, but then you're going to have the best quality turf. Uh, we're using a zoysia. Uh, turf, um, not just for the fairway, but even for the first cut. Uh, we're using, uh, you know, bent grass greens. Uh, they thrive in in our environment. We're one of the furthest, uh, most southern destinations in the country yeah, where you've, bent got, grass...
0: you've got to be your own little microclimate up there if you're going to be able to get. Bent grass that's impressive you know here I'm in the the mid-south up here in Lexington and Bermuda greens are slowly creeping their way north because our summers are just getting so much hotter so that's impressive that you can get a strand to grow up there.
1: Well what's neat about this mountain environment is we're elevated and so and especially with the new uh, this new course that's open uh, we get a constant breeze the humidity is uh, less uh, at the elevation and the uh, night temperatures are cooler uh, so it, it really, uh, this bent grass is thriving. Uh, we're going to have this stadium zoysia that's like uh, uh, a ryegrass, dark, deep emerald green, not the kind of lime green that you see with some other um, southern type grasses like Bermuda or uh, some of the older strands of, of zoysia. And it's it's just going to be immaculate conditions. But in this primitive setting with rock outcroppings and cliff edges and water holes um, and distant views and tree lines uh, lining the backside of the property. Um, you know, Bill and Reese have uh, uh, worked very closely on this property. Uh, we went through a number of layouts, and, and um, uh, Bill was uh, very um, involved in making uh, in leading that effort and uh Reese was responding and working and the one of the best com- uh comments I really heard from Reese uh too um was Reese said he um his job on this course was not to design golf holes but to find them the property lay so well that other than the dams that were building to dam up rainwater for irrigation um we're moving barely six inches of dirt over the entire site. That's how well it is already being uh, well laid for a golf course, uh, which was what Charlie was speaking to earlier. Um, They're also saying, Bill and Reese both said, when you go to each one of their courses, every architect kind of has their own style. You see it throughout history and with all other architects. Uh, But if you ask somebody who designed Pebble Beach, most people don't know who designed Pebble Beach. Uh, Reese and Bill want people when they see the outpost to have to ask who designed this if they didn't know already because it's not going to match a forced template or a forced design it, they want it to respond to the land that's already there and the natural characteristics and the natural setting and um, you know this is after we hired them uh, uh, and engaged with them they're bringing this um, to the forefront and I hope Bill doesn't get upset with me about this. But one day Bill showed up and he said, Dwayne, I want you to know how much this property and this opportunity mean to me. And uh, he shared, he said, literally, if I could take, you know, I do a lot of redesign, but if there was any job in the world that offered me to come in and do a redesign, I would not, and I had to turn down Macklemore, I would not take that job. This this is I think the best project I could ever be involved in. And uh, we're, uh, we're just excited to have them as a team. We're excited to have this property. Uh, we're excited to have Hilton and uh, the infrastructure that you uh, have spoken with. Uh, you know, so we're gonna have this high energy place where we have a training center that's gonna be gamified on our driving range. We have the clubhouse, like you're saying, we now have the six hole short course that's right, that flanks it on the left of the clubhouse, and then you're going to have a putting course that you can, uh, that's now lit and you can be out there until, you know, 10 or 11 at night putting on the putting course. You're going to have the restaurants and the other activities in the area. But when you go to the outpost, you're going to feel like you're at an outpost, like you're in another, it's going to be a journey or destination within a destination already is really the look and feel of what we're trying to accomplish.
0: That's going to be tough to beat. I mean, I, 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 I will preach to anybody that, that listens that someplace that the back porch at Pinehurst, that cradle is the happiest place on earth. And it, you guys are set up to, sounds like to compete with that, where you just, you're providing the space for people just to come and enjoy golf. Plus, you know, that, 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 that golden hour, you know, everybody wants to be there. Those last two hours of, of sundown where you're on the back porch and you maybe got a beverage of choice and you've got either your putter in your hand or a wedge. And it's there's not much better way to to end the day. Um, tell me a little bit more, and Charlie, you can chime in on this one. You know the the Highland Course. Now you've talked about it being pretty wide open on the Outpost, but the Highland Course is not uh, typical. Maybe what people would think of resort golf. I mean, that's not Florida golf at 2,200 feet. There's you know there's some forced carries and there's some challenge and there's there's intrigue on every hole. But it doesn't – I didn't feel like – like you said, it didn't feel like a, a Reese Jones course. And and Bill being such a good player, you know, I don't know if he built it to the way some playing architects have the reputation of building the course that they would want to play. Nicholas was famous for it. You know, he had so many fades off there. Talk to me a little bit about how the, the two courses are going to be maybe a little bit different. You know, Dwayne has done a nice job of describing the experience a little different. But for the, the golf nerds, uh, what are they going to – what do you think they're going to find or what do they think they're going to notice maybe – between the two courses, once Outpost is up and running,
2: well, it, it really is going to be two completely different styles of golf. Uh, the experience is going to be very different. Uh, that the Highlands course is, you know, is your traditional experience. You pull in the clubhouse, backdrop. Uh, you know, your your clubs get thrown on a cart. You take off and you you go through this um, really wonderful. As I was saying earlier, really feels like a, a spending a day driving through a a great national or or state park um and and even though we have homes on uh the, the highlands course our, our quarters are very wide we don't have any homes that come in and really feel like they're encroaching on the golf in any way Um, uh, but it, it's it's uh more of what i would call traditional mountain golf and uh the conditioning is outstanding um in fact our course right now I, I hate complimenting superintendents, especially ours, Ryan <laughs> Emerson. <laughs> he, he's my good buddy. We're always arguing about something. But Ryan and his staff have just done a phenomenal job. I and mean, we, we could not ask for the golf course to be any better condition than it is right now. And and um Dwayne was mentioning that the new turf that we're gonna use uh on, on Outpost the Stadium Georgia, uh, will be actually the first golf course to use it on the full golf course and and um uh, one of the arguments uh, that I was using with Brian as we were sort of debating you know, what kind of grass to go with. And, and you know, we actually got on a plane and did our research and all that. I told him, I, I said, I said, Ryan, you know, we'll be the first to use it. And, you, you know, you superintendents don't like to be the first to use anything. And he, he looked at me and smiled. He said, he said, we were the first to use AU Victory Bentgrass on our greens. How'd that work out? And I said, well, you got a great point because it, They are phenomenal and and a lot of people you know forgotten how good bent grass is and and this AU victory AU for Auburn is where it was developed uh has just been hugely successful for us the texture the color the firmness the speed we just couldn't ask for a better putting surface on our existing course it was absolute no-brainer to to use that on the outpost but um getting two golf architects that are you know golf architects sort of get set in their ways but but to, to come together and collaborate and, and try to do something different than maybe either one of them have ever done is is what we're gonna have at Outpost. Um Reese um actually told us that that one of the best compliments he could receive is when people play it, they they're like, you know, who who did this golf course? He doesn't want people to look at it and go, oh, that's a Reese Jones or that's a Bill Bergen. He doesn't want them to know who did it, you know, and 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 I I think that says a lot about going back to Bradley Klein talking about the ego that the golf course architects have. Um, most golf course architects wouldn't tell you that, you know. And 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 Reese, they, they want they both want the best product, and and they know they've got an amazing piece of land. And even Reese, with all he's seen in his his lifetime, when he comes to site, he you can see him. He just physically gets excited. I mean, he's walking around, waving his arms around, pointing at stuff, you know, and all of that, and. And, and it's an energizing place just, just because of the drama that is going to be inherent and in where we're located with this golf course. And, and um, uh, but it, it really is a challenge to have two golf courses that close together and make them feel different, But the, and the site dictates that they will be very different golf experiences.
0: Got you. Um, you know, speaking of, of different golf experiences, what kind of struck me was, and I want you guys to to talk about this a little more, kind of Macklemore's place within its its market. I mean, the I grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, you know, a, a couple of hours north of Chattanooga. Nashville was kind of my stomping ground. It was a lot closer than Louisville, but I, you know, discovering Chattanooga over the last couple of years has been really fun. You've got you know, you've got the tourist machine over in South Pittsburgh and its little cousin up at Sewanee that you know draw a lot of people my age and younger through. Um, and then you've got, you really live in a pretty nice neighborhood as far as other golf courses, but mainly private experiences, you know, up on lookout mountain, uh, over in the honors course, you know, the black Creek, that's even a really fun experience. Talk to me a little bit, but I'm just interested in kind of how the idea of came to you or not necessarily came to you, but how it, it worked out to, kind of open this up to the public and make it a destination because you've got some really good golf that isn't terribly accessible for the average Joe. And, and to be fair for listeners, this isn't, um, this isn't cheap golf, but it is public and it's, it's, it's a pretty big experience. So if you can comment on that a little bit, I'd just love to hear a little of the, the backstory and the vision going forward.
1: Dwayne, you got that? You go ahead, Charlie. I, I dropped signal for just a second. So you please take that and I'll jump in. Here.
2: Sure. So, so uh, David, as you mentioned, Chattanooga is, is an amazing place for golf. Um, we we um, um, do have some amazing golf product, as you, as you mentioned, uh, the Honors Lookout Mountain Country Club, which is, uh, is a rainer that's going under renovation. That's about 15 minutes from us. Uh, Black Creek's a great site. It's hosted corn ferry events. Chattanooga Golf and Country Club, which Bill Bergen renovated is an amazing place right down on the Tennessee River. But Sweetens Cove, as you as you mentioned, is a wonderful nine-hole product that really does draw a lot of folks. And then Gil Hance, who just finished uh, doing some rework uh, at at the honors course, also did um, the, the the course up, up at Swanee. So, so Chattanooga um, is a town that that looks and feels to me a lot like a smaller version of Pittsburgh uh you know we, we we're a little bit smaller than Pittsburgh um and and um an NFL team and a major league baseball team short of Pittsburgh we, we put sugar in our tea in Chattanooga but we do we do look like a, a smaller version we're called the scenic city is is absolutely beautiful the way it sits in the valley with the Tennessee River going through through town and and then you know all the outdoor stuff that we have uh We've been named a uh, number one outdoor city in in the country. I think two of the last three years, and and uh, so there's just so much going on. But if you look at the public golf scene, uh, out, outside of, of going over to South Pittsburgh or Sewanee, the, the public golf in Chattanooga re- really is lacking, as good as the, as the private golf is, and and so we we feel like we can be a very nice asset to. Uh, Chattanooga in terms of bringing world-class golf. Um, the Highlands course is already in the top 100 uh, with, with, with Golf Digest and the courses you can play categories about 11,000 courses eligible for that category. So making the top 100 very early is important to us. And, and I'm going to tell you we're, the second course is easily going to be top 100. So to have two top 100 golf courses uh, coming into a market uh, I, I think can be very good for the city of Chattanooga. And as you mentioned, we're, we're not a bargain destination. We're an aspirational destination. But at the same time, we do a lot uh, in the in community with nonprofits, with, with um, projects that, that we, we have a heart for. So we want to be very good stewards of the land. We want to be great for the community. One of the things that drew me to um, this group um, and, and we're, we're private equity funded is and, and a lot of our residents are also our investors. Is uh, it's it's a group that wants to do things right. One of our board members pulled me aside when I first came on, and we were talking about um, you know, what goals are. And and one of the goals is operate business in a noble fashion, and and bringing a lot of jobs to Walker County, Georgia, where we're located, um, is something that's really important to to our group. So when we're up and running, you know, within 24 to 30 months, we're going to have 500 plus jobs. Give or take, uh, that really is important to a rural county, and and so we, we feel like um, we can we can help promote Chattanooga, we we can provide an aspirational product where locals can come and play, um and 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 provide jobs and economic growth for the area as well, and and so all of those things together, operating business in a noble fashion, doing things right, having a long view. Um, is something that, that I think is really attributes to the, uh, the authenticity of what it is we're trying to do and, and the culture that our employees have. Uh, and, and it just all works together. And it's, it's an amazing group. I, I love every day that I get to go in and be around our people. I love being around our people. I love being on our property. It, it's a place that really energizes you. And I think our guests feel and our members feel the same thing.
1: You know, David, the only thing, I love everything Charlie said and 100% agree. The only thing I would add uh, to really highlight what he was was speaking of about public access golf in the region is um, once Golf Digest put us on that top 100 uh, course that you can play, we looked, and there's not another course on that list that people can play a top 100 course in all of Tennessee, all of Alabama, and anywhere in North Georgia, even past going south of Atlanta, um, we're the we're the only one in that region that if uh, somebody uh, that's not a member of a private course can come and enjoy a top one hundred experience.
0: It is. It, it's a very. I felt comfortable there. I mean, I I can talk the talk with the the higher groups, and I'm on a flex my brain muscles here with you in a minute but it was it's hard to think of any place that was more welcoming you know that was also such a fine high-end experience walking in everything was classic nothing was over the top it was just everything said be comfortable come in here be comfortable be one of us enjoy your day enjoy your stay what can we do to help uh, thank
2: you. I get, that's the ultimate compliment
0: well it, you,
2: it, in our group. thank you
0: it, it's true i i showed up I had to go from a two to a, a single and nobody gave me a hassle. I showed up at one in the afternoon and the restaurant was full because we were on a fog delay. I did not expect that at one in the afternoon, the day before polar vortex. And you know what? Your staff was great. They, they scattered the carts. We just, everybody just did a scramble that day. They sent everybody to one hole. Everybody was able to get around before it got dark. It was, it was wonderful. Uh, but yeah, the, that come in and be comfortable, not come in and be, high-end experience you wouldn't know it um but one of the the speaking of high-end you guys have uh and i think it's still open but you guys have a very new school that's almost old school way you have an offer out you know that for financing you're it's still out hey, correct me if i'm wrong Is are you still doing a general solicitation for investors
1: uh we are so okay. we have two different investment opportunities one is for the overall community Uh, right now and uh, uh, it's still open and then we have the outpost Uh, we have an equity membership that's an SEC regulated membership there's three membership levels to that Uh, the top level uh, which is uh, was five hundred thousand dollars per membership has completely sold out we had 25 of those and uh, as of Early this week, uh, the last one was taken of those. We do have some others available at 250, um, and it, it's a. I think it's a unique offering in the game of golf to be a part of something uh, that has the potential to be as special as it is with this team, this location, and again with Reese Jones, that's designed more championship courses than any other architect ever. Um, to um, uh, for him to say that this property could host a major. Um, we, uh, we believe it's just, uh, um, again, another unique offering in the game of golf, uh, to be a part of that.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting that you don't see a lot of equity clubs coming online anymore. You know, that's kind of an old school model. So I kind of tip my cap that you're able to pull that off and congrats on, on filling out that tier of membership. Do me, talk to me a little bit and draw maybe a line between what the, the difference between an investor in your course and a member and, and maybe how much those Venn diagrams overlap, or if that's two, um, two different groups, you know, the outpost not having the housing. So being a, a little bit different vehicle.
1: Yeah. So, uh, right now our main is going to be the outpost. Uh, it, it's, it's, um, while it's a part of Macklemore, it's not kind of the heart of McLemore. Uh, so when somebody joins our club, um, they are really a part of Island's club course, uh, the clubhouse, everything else that goes along with that. We do have this different membership level at the outpost that's really funding the build of the outpost. And while our existing members will have uh, some access to the outpost, while the stay and play guests will have access to it, um, the members for like a member member event or a member guest event or or um, member play uh, with their guest will be will be really uh, restricted to just this membership offering on the outpost. Uh, but if you are an overall investor in the community uh, at certain levels, uh, you do get a membership status. Uh, any investor that qualifies as, a, as a, that's a qualified investor per SEC regulations comes in and be uh, and invest with us. Uh, depending on that investment level, they can begin to pay dues right away, or if they invest at a certain level, dues are even waived um, as well as initiations uh, until they get their money returned, or even at a higher level for a lifetime.
0: Gotcha. You know, most most metro areas are lucky to have one old line club that can can handle an equity membership, and um, again, I think that's pretty creative that you're able to draw from a big enough pool of of interested investors to, to be able to pull that off. So, uh, well, again.
1: I will tell you out of the 25 that did it, only oh, only a handful uh, did it without seeing the property. Most have already seen the property. And once you step foot on this property, you just want to be a part of it. I mean, I think Charlie, um, uh, I've heard him say it often that there's just something about this property that grabs you. And I don't want to steal any thunder he can share on that and he's seen a ton in the game in the world of golf but once you get on property and david you, you've you've shared i mean the pictures one of our um our best compliments is when people say this you know they talk about the beauty but then they they never leave without saying something about the service and the hospitality that they received and that is that is really um um our standard and in, in the and in the culture that we're instilling there and the people that uh, want to serve um each other another great compliment is when people see the images and then they show up and they say the images the pictures are unbelievable but they still don't do the place justice it is a place you have to experience in person to really get a feel uh for um for this majestic
0: no i will agree with that sentiment and you know the um you know, that great 18th hole at the Highland course, it belies the fact that that's two of the hardest shots in the tri-state area. I mean, the only drive I could get in the fairway was when I bounced up off the mountain and let it trickle down because there were no leaves on the ground. The the beauty really hides how hard that, that golf shot is for, for hacks like me. Um, I'm going to get you out of here. Uh, you guys have been very generous with your time and I, I can't thank you enough. Now, Charlie, you've played golf all over the world and you, you've, condemn Dwayne as as a late comer to golf sort of like me so everyone has everyone has their white whale their their course that's on their list they want to play and I'd love to hear you guys take on that but the question I try to end with is what's the one that got away what's the course of the round that you wish you could go back and get another another shot at assuming that you'd ever leave (laughs) Macklemore
2: um my senior year at Georgia Tech, a group of, uh, of uh, members um, took, took the team down to play, and um, I had played the golf course a few times in the, in the previous to that, but it always been in horrible weather, and I wasn't playing very well. So my senior year, uh, I, I um, was playing great golf. We had a day It was going to be like 72 degrees, and it was my day to bring Augusta National to its knees. And and the way the day worked is, uh, we we played the par three course. We stopped. and We had lunch, and then we would went to the first tee around uh, twelve thirty or one. Well, here's where I would like to get my mulligan. When I had lunch at Augusta National that day, I had the blue cheese dressing, and it was bad. And uh,
0: <laughs> oh no,
2: I, I never I never got off the first tee. oh no I I spent afternoon in the locker room I tried to go out and catch him on the back night but I couldn't do that so if I had one mulligan in golf it would be ordering a thousand island instead of the blue cheese at Augusta National my senior year at Georgia Tech how about that for a story
0: (laughs) that's that's my leader in the clubhouse thank you Charlie
2: That that, blue cheese doesn't make for a good day at Augusta National (laughs)
1: Uh, David, I would have. I'm going to answer it slightly different because I think it's slightly uh, more entertaining. Uh, But uh, uh, you know, as I think the first time I played with Charlie, I think everybody was warning him about how bad I am uh, as a golfer, and we uh, they were, uh, and we got out there. I think we were going out, and uh, no one was out there. This was really uh, pre-opening and some other things going on. And uh, we had six of us. We grouped up in pairs of uh, twos uh, for uh, – and we had a little game going on. And I, I, I showed up on the first hole and, and birdied the first hole. And uh, Charlie's like, what's going on here? But I uh, had a great day and enjoyed that uh, with him. I think I birdied one more hole later in the day um, as well. So uh, uh, just a great memory uh, from that standpoint. And, uh, again, I think uh, Charlie and I both having um, – uh, background at tech and b- both being from the region here. Um, it's just been a pleasure and uh, um, a blessing to be able to work with him uh, and again, collaborate with him and the rest of the great partners and team that we have to uh, to do something special and then to have the staff and the the management want to serve and, and make people feel comfortable uh, as you shared and witnessed, David, which we greatly appreciate um, you vocalizing. So thank you for today. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to allow us to share uh, what we're doing above the clouds um, at Macklemore, and, and uh, we hope you'll let us come back on, or you'll come back up and uh, see the outpost once we get it opened or closer to opening and, and see that for yourself. I absolutely hey, he,
2: will. He left, out, he left out one part. Ask him what I made on that hole.
1: <laughs> Charlie birdied it too. so. uh <laughs> <left> that out! <laughs>
2: He he makes it sound like he beat me on the first hole. He didn't say birdie, but he didn't actually beat me with the bird.
0: Funny how that works out. (laughs) Hey, thanks for stopping by for this episode of the Blind Shots Podcast. A huge thank you, obviously, to Dwayne and Charlie for taking the time to talk about what's happening at the Macklemore Club. As I said, it was a first rate experience and as fun of a mountain golf course as I'd played in a while. It had dramatic elevation changes, lots of risk-reward decisions. Sometimes the edges between brilliant and disaster were as razor-sharp as the rocky outcroppings. I enjoyed the drama of it all going around the course, and I was excited at what the next challenge may be. And boy, does it end in some brilliance. As I mentioned in the interview, the staff could not have been more welcoming. Look, there I was, a non-member, unaccompanied friend of McLemore guest, showing up on a Friday afternoon, registered as a single in the middle of a fog delay, which was obviously a compound headache for the pro shop, having to scatter all the carts at once once the clouds moved on. And what did they do? They welcomed me in, chatted me up like they'd been waiting to say hi to me the whole time. From the cart staff to the pro shop to the bartenders, it was all smooth. It was all great. My only regret was that the impending polar vortex meant that the short course had been covered for protection, and I didn't get to play it. It looked to be a fairly exotic Mix between pitch and putt and short course right off the, the clubhouse's back porch, so that's something definitely on the list for next time. The club has a fairly extensive website at themacklemore.com. If you're interested in checking out the club, I'd encourage you to sign up for their Friends of Macklemore program. Sure, they'll have your email address, but it's worth that small price of admission to be able to schedule a visit and spend a day at the club. Now, granted, it's not an inexpensive experience once you get there. But obviously, I think there's real value there because honestly, there's just something magical about mountain golf. Everything I learned from this episode makes me want to revisit the club and I'll be excited to see the Outpost course once it's ready for its public debut. A little cleanup on the investor offering I talked with Dwayne about since I used to be able to speak intelligently about such things. I find this interesting. To finance the construction of the Outpost course, his investment group is publicly soliciting Limited investments from accredited investors, that's a defined term, uh, and only accredited investors. Under the authority of Rule 506C, it's an exemption to having to register the securities under Reg D of the Securities Act of 1933. This all came about as a way to streamline things uh, coming out of the last recession. So basically, Dwayne's Development Group has sold shares in the company that will operate various parts of the outpost and McLemore Club, uh, and they're selling these opportunities to high-net-worth individuals in order to finance the various stages of construction for their vision, namely the course and the hotel. Using this 506 C. Uh, avenue to raise funds is kind of a new spin on the old idea of how to start a golf club: take subscriptions from high-net-worth individuals who, in turn, become the members of the club. In case it sounds, in this case, I think it sounds like there will be classes of members and classes of investors, depending on, I guess, the investment levels, how much money somebody puts up. You know, for decades, the golf industry suffered the sale of land, the sale of the home sites to accomplish all of this. Uh, But it sounds like the Macklemore has been able to secure their future by kind of going back in financial time. So it's actually kind of exciting. Um, The details are, are great for a golf nerd like me. Speaking of golf nerds, if you haven't purchased your copy of McKellar Number 6 yet, please do so over on the McKellar Golf site. Of course, there'll be a link to that in the show notes. And remember to buy an extra copy for that fellow golf fanatic in your life. Christmas is just around the corner. Once that done, once you're done with that, please take one minute, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or to whichever podcast service you're listening from, and leave a rating and or a review for the show. Look, each time someone leaves a five-star rating for the Blind Shots podcast, the view from the 18th green at the McLemore gets 7% more magnificent. How are you going to compete with that? Anyway, I hope you enjoyed what you heard here today. If you didn't like what you heard, sorry about that. I can't do anything about it now, but I promise I will try to do better next time. Really, I do. I mean it this time. Remember to hydrate and to sit up straight. And as always, when you have the choice, do decide to go for it and take dead aim. in what country where i'm sure you're a you're a fine specimen and number one draft pick somewhere
2: i'll send you a picture
0: no please don't (laughs) hold on there's a fruit fly in here with a death wish that keeps taunting me